Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, we give you our Royal Rumble 2021 recap. Hideo Itami makes his debut at AEW Dynamite NXT. Wednesday night had a good night. That's and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast. I said it before. I'm going to say it again. You put some respect on Kenta's name, damn it. Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Mark. So welcome to the Band from Ringside podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Vagie, a.k.a. You lie, you heat, you heal. You lie, you heat, you heal. And to my left, as always, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What is going on, Jason Cornelius Bell? <laughs> a lot of everyday shit. First off, allow us to bow our heads as I read from the latest edition of the Band for Ringside podcast, volume 191.5, chapter 3, verse 14. <laughs> and the good smart saying, hashtag boo the heels. It is all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat. Obviously, with the point five after the one. 91 there was some technical if difficulties on my end i am a fuck up so that's why we are redoing the pod this is a unique show we're redoing the pod on a friday night it is currently midnight ish central standard time on a, a friday after, yeah. so yeah uh no two beer obviously since we're doing it so late so that's my mistake on making the mistake about so the pod and not just, having to be let's, let's just let's be let's Tell the people what happened. Jason, you're beating yourself up about it. Of course. But what happened was there were some technical difficulties. When we upload the pod, there are things that need to happen on the computer, on the uh, it, the, the, the program that we use. It's podcasting 101. Save the, the project yeah, before you do anything else. I have fucked up before, too. I have fucked up. I fucked up the WrestleMania podcast. Okay, but that doesn't mean anything. You fucked up the Royal Rumble <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Um, we appreciate everybody that reached out to us to let us know that we uploaded only a 13-minute podcast. Or we seven minutes, depending we, on where you looked at it. We recorded an entire two-hour <laughs> podcast. Uh, like, we got into it. We had a great time. Um, it didn't work out. That shit kind of happens. Uh, and that's on me. Uh, on we I apologize. Fair enough. I mean, if you want to fall on the sword. No, I'll that, fall on the sword. That's fine. It was on me. But... Uh, Zach was here for the whole time. Zach can't be here tonight. We're going to do our best to do what we did the other day, and I think that I've, I've, you know, I've had a couple drinks. I, I just got done bartending. I had a and, couple of shots before I uh, walked in the door. So yeah, and so this, this will be a different kind of conversation. Same We're, but different. Same but different. I'm sure that you and I will argue about different things that we argued about <laughs> yester Thursday, yesterday yeah. than we did it, but um. Uh, before we get into it, tell us about F&B Eatery. F&B Eatery on the corner of 3453 Southampton, the Marquette, home of the best smash burger you never heard of. Follow them on all your social medias, uh, F&B Eatery on Facebook, Instagram. Shots. Yes, I did. Uh, Twitter, the whole shebang. Like I said, for me, Instagram is the way to go because I'm a visual guy and I like to see what I'm getting ready to devour before I actually get into it. So do yourself a favor. Do like I do. A, follow them on social media. B, slide on in and F for B, E, R, and tell them that for ringside sent you. Also, my wife is making these beard oils, beard beard balms, beard shampoos. If you guys are 
into it. If you guys want us to, we can ship it anywhere. It's good stuff. I've been using it for years, and I get lots of compliments on my beard, and I don't do shit for my beard <laughs> except for this shit. I don't shampoo it except for the stuff that my wife makes, and she's been making it for years. If you guys are into it, hit me up. We can ship it anywhere. Two um, down, several to go. Yeah, for sure. Um, without further ado, uh, let's get in that three count. JCB, kick it off. We will go back to, obviously, Sunday night for the Royal Rumble. Like I said, the first time around, I hesitate to even give WWE props because it it almost pains me to do so. It's like my soul, a part of my soul dies when it happens. But, unfortunately, for my soul, I have to give WWE its props, especially with the two Royal Rumble matches, five total matches, three championship matches, and then the two Royal Rumble matches. Uh, for me, like I said, the first time around, the biggest takeaway for the Women's Royal Rumble was obviously Bianca Belair coming out on top. Um, I thought it was a chance where they could have slid back to Charlotte because she was in the final three. Um, we said it the other day. That it was almost like uh, troll booking, if you will, because especially when you see Charlotte, the knee-jerk reaction, and I, I would be lying if I said I didn't think the same thing. It was that somehow Charlotte is going to win this and go back-to-back. Back. The final three were Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley, and Charlotte Flair, which is about as solid as a final three as you can have, unless you're worried about Charlotte taking... Which you should. Yeah, yeah it's you, a legit It's concern. a legit worry, but Charlotte gets eliminated, and then you got you got the two... Ladies, the two wrestlers that are going to carry this company forward. They're the future. True. You know, if if the four horsewomen are the present, which they are, then Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair are, are the, the future. future. No, and I agree with that totally. I like the fact that they did a kind of callback to last year's um, build to WrestleMania when you had Charlotte winning the Rumble with Rhea Ripley being the champion and Bianca Belair close on her heels, you had that segment in NXT last year when Bianca Belair was basically like, well, you don't go here. You know, you ain't supposed to be here type nonsense. So now you kind of fast forward a year later. It's the Royal Rumble where you have those three as the final three women in the Royal Rumble. I thought that was a nice little uh, callback to last year's build to the uh, to WrestleMania, whatever the case may be. Like I said, I was honestly, I shouldn't say I was honestly surprised. I was pleasantly surprised that they got to Rhea and Bianca Belair as the final two, then even more so Bianca winning it. You could have easily went with Rhea Ripley. I wouldn't have had a problem with that. You could, From that point, you could set up Charlotte and Rhea. You could have done that anyway without having her win the tie, or win the Royal Rumble. Nonetheless, all in all, I thought this was a good way to start because, like I said, you could have easily fell back into old, tired habits with Charlotte, and they did something that I almost would say inspired, if you will, and put it on uh, Bianca Belair. We were watching it together uh, at Tender Mahal's house. Banged up. and We, we were banged up. Uh, Vice was there. It was the whole BFR family except for Lucha Chris and Two Beer. Two beer. I mean, other than that, it was the four of us, and it was just the four of us. And it was a ton of fun, you know. <laughs> I made a little bit of money on Edge later, but yeah, I mean, right. we, we can we talk, talk about, about that, that later. But when it got down to Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair, 
I was ecstatic. I was like, I can't believe, you know, you watch so much WWE and you get so down on all of these booking decisions that they make. And this was one of the best booking decisions that they've made in a long time. Hey, man. And Bianca Belair versus Rhea Ripley, and you would have been happy with either one of them winning. Yeah. Really, it's it's one of those things where it's either one would be a good... Acceptable as the, this year's Royal Rumble winner. Definitely. I think that Bianca Belair, and especially when you take into account the babyface promo that she cut after the match, which is a... That's a star-making promo. That is one that will be on her highlight reel for the rest of her career. Amen. You know, she she could be a Hall of Famer. We don't know. You know, we don't know what the future brings. But if she has a good long career, that's something that they will show forever because Amen. that was it, it was really something. It felt genuine. It felt genuine. It felt organic. And you know, baby face baby face is hard to do. Agreed. Heel is easy. Yeah. I was about to say, you can come up with... Easier. Easier. Yeah. Okay. But to me, like you said, that promo, I watched it the second time around to uh, to prep for the show on Thursday, and it it really sunk home how good that promo was. I didn't even think she was legit crying until like they moved away from her uh, close-up pan up, and they moved away from her, and you could see the tears coming down her face. I was like, okay, see, this is... You couldn't buy better promos than what she just gave you right then. No, you, you felt couldn't. bad for Rhea Ripley a little bit because, you know, it, especially if you're a Rhea Ripley mark, this has been one of those moments where it's it feels like everything's going against her, Char- losing to Charlotte. Rhea Ripley has had a WrestleMania match against Charlotte, though. Agreed. Like, Rhea Ripley, she's not made, but she's more made than Bianca Belair. And this was the time to put Bianca Belair over. So now you have more depth past the four horsewomen and Asuka. I mean, the truth is, like, I look forward to a WrestleMania match between those two women sometime in the very near future, sometime in the next three or four years. Yeah, it, it's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. Uh, any other things that happened in the Women's Royal Rumble that you want to point out? Uh, Just like moves. I guess storyline notes that kind of went through. You had uh, at the end where you had Rhea Ripley and Bianca basically like, okay, we just eliminated Charlotte, so now you know they were basically hanging off of the uh, off the apron or whatever. And then Rhea was like, okay, hang on, let's roll back in and let's settle it like true baby in true babyface fashion. I thought that was an, another good spot for Rhea Ripley. Points to her for that. Points to whoever did that on backstage. Um, one of the funny parts I thought about the Women's Royal Rumble was when you had Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax wrecking havoc, and then they came across Tamina, and you had Nia Jax having to make a decision between her tag team partner and champion that they just won the titles that night, and family, which I guess it is family, but, I mean, they don't really even touch on it until – scenarios like this they only make tamina look like a badass once a year and, and this is usually the one time yeah, of the year they do it that or like elimination nobody chamber. buys tamina as a badass unfortunately no and that and i kept i kept saying like naomi who did i think amazing i think was in at number two and did over 
30 some odd minutes. Bianca Belair obviously sets the new record at 57 minutes. But I thought Naomi was a, a bright spot, especially when you didn't have Kofi on the men's side. You needed those Royal Rumble spots. And Naomi's good for Can it. Can we just say, though, if you land on your back on the outside and your feet don't touch... You should be out. You're out. Yeah. I get it. Your feet don't have but to no, touch. But, okay. I mean, that's... To their credit, it's they say it beforehand, you fall and both feet have to hit the floor. Feet didn't hit the floor, so technically... Yeah. I, but I agree. No, I agree with you. When she hit the floor, I was like, okay, she's out. And then immediately the refs came over and pointed at the feet. So I mean, yeah. that that's creative, but... It's it's dumb. How many? Just say it's dumb. Just I'm, say it's dumb. It's dumb, but I'll Thank go this you. far. How many times? Have, what more can they do original that they haven't already? I don't know. Done? I'm not the one that has to come up with this shit. They're the ones that have to come up with this shit. I think this is about as original as they were going to get at this point. I did like that they uh, didn't have the women's Royal Rumble as the first match. I like that they had a couple things. We'll get into my favorite <laughs> Goldberg match of all time a little bit later. Um, That's fucked up. Anything else? The, the women's match was very entertaining. Um, there are Royal Rumbles that are less than, and there are Royal Rumbles that are more than. It's always like the baseline for a Royal Rumble is that it's always going to be very entertaining. This was entertaining. And it was booked well, and yeah. I liked the finish. Yeah. I was going to say, there was enough to where, even though, like, Royal Rumble I mean, I for me, really liked the finish. Yeah. I mean, it, you couldn't have painted the better picture. Maybe if it was Charlotte. Maybe. Outside of that. You mean Rhea Ripley. No, I mean, if it was Charlotte versus Bianca at the end, uh, and Bianca see, eliminates Charlotte. That's the only other way I would I li- be like. I like it being those two. Though. No, it, it, like I said, this for me was perfect. Yes. You okay. couldn't have asked for any better because Charlotte is made. She's over. Now when you bring Rhea oh, and Oh, you B- think so, doctor? Yeah. <laughs> say very over. You think she's over? Yeah, a little bit. But bringing these two in, now you reinforce the fact that Rhea Ripley is going to be a player at some point. Obviously, I didn't see SmackDown tonight, so I'm not sure if she's going to be on SmackDown or Raw. Well, let's, guess just pret- let's pretend this is Thursday and that SmackDown didn't exist. Okay. My guess is she'll all be I know on is Raw. The, Pel- the Pelicans covered. <laughs> that's all I know from tonight. And that's all you need to know. <laughs> I would assume she's going to be on Raw because she eliminated Alexa Bliss. So that would lead me to believe that that would steer her to Raw. So do you think that Bianca Belair, we're looking at Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks at WrestleMania? That would be my guess, but like I said, I wouldn't mind seeing Bianca and Io go at it for the NXT title. I know we kind of already did that last year with Charlotte, and it's probably not going to happen. No, it's look, it's fantasy booking. What's probably going to happen is Bianca and, and Sasha. What I would like to happen, you is can't Bianca have and Io. you can't have Bianca go back to NXT no. That's a, I agree, but we if Charlotte didn't already do it, you could do it. All right, all right. You know, outside of that, I mean... That's fine. I mean, it's terrible fancy booking, but that, I mean, that's fine. Um, so, uh, let's move on to the men's Royal Rumble, in which Edge won. Edge and Orton drew uh, one and two, which... Edge I was, and Orton were one and two. I'm not a huge fan of drawing, announcing the names before the actual event. To me, that's half the fun of figuring out who's one, who's two, who's 16, who's 30. I like the surprises. 
Okay. I like I like naming everything except for 30. I think that naming 30 is stupid even though 30 is always a letdown. There's you're never let down by 30. I, 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 I should say you're never excited by 30. 30 is always a letdown because it's that. a lat. I won't say that. John Cena when he came back after the torn uh pectoral. That was that nope. wasn't a huge letdown. He wasn't even supposed to be back then. It was a I mean, I guess Look, I'm not a Cena guy by any stretch like, of the imagination. T- tastes very, I guess. But, like, <laughs> yeah, that was a letdown to me. Um, but naming Natalia as 30 in the Women's Royal Rumble, that's not moving That's not, That's not. not moving the needle. No. But Braun Strowman at 30 for the men's side kind of moves the needle. Now, you know, do you nah, expect? No, nobody ever thought. I'm not saying he, you expected him to win. I'm just saying, you know, when he came out, I was like, oh, you know, shit, it's Braun at 30. You know, things could get, start getting a little tricky Are you point. okay with Edge winning? <sighs> I see both sides. I get it. Those who would slam a Brock Lesnar for winning money in the bank, I see why you would slam Edge for winning the Royal Rumble. He's not a full-time guy. He's, as far as I'm concerned, part-time, but he's still wrestling really good matches. Storyline-wise, I get it. It makes sense. I just kind of have a problem with it being a part-time guy. It's not the end of the world, like I said the last time, but... I would be lying if I did not say I would. I had a little bit of a problem with it. I had no problem with it. I'm completely okay with it. They, you know, everybody that was pissed off about it was saying that they didn't make a new star with the Royal Rumble. Guess what? Guess they what? Did. It was just on the women's side. Well, yes, they did on the women's side. Guess what? The Royal Rumble is not there to make new stars. I can read back every Royal Rumble winner since even before Flair when Luger and Hart tied, and they were not making new stars. It was always somebody established. I'll I'll spare you going through it, but it's <laughs> a lot of Ortons. It's a lot of Stone Colds. It's The Rock. Rock it's Vince. Triple H. It's Triple H a couple times. Shinsuke Nakamura. Benoit was one that kind of stuck out. But he was in. The, he came in first, also. Um, Mysterio, but yeah. But taken. it, it's not there to make new stars because to win the Royal Rumble, you have to be able to carry the company and be in the main event at WrestleMania. It's not there to make new stars. Now, the purpose of the Royal Rumble has changed since there's been two belts. Because Edge won the Royal Rumble a long time ago, or Alberto Del Rio won the Rumble a long time ago, and he faced Edge. Edge won the Royal Rumble a long time ago, and those guys went first at WrestleMania. It was 6 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, and in my mind, if you win the Royal Rumble, you headline, but that's that's not the way it works anymore. Agreed. But they're not making new stars. In fact, Drew McIntyre was an outlier last year, too, and they have done nothing but make Drew McIntyre look like a fucking star ever since he won the Royal Rumble. Agreed. He beat Lesnar at WrestleMania. He beat Orton at SummerSlam. Big show the night after WrestleMania. He beat Goldberg at... Royal Rumble, yeah. In my favorite Goldberg match of all time. Right. Um, No, I, I... 
So, and also, if Edge, because we have to figure out who is Edge going to face at WrestleMania. Is Edge going to face Drew McIntyre? Is Edge going to face Roman Reigns? Is Edge going to face Finn Balor? Which I don't see happening, but there was a there either. was a really cool segment on it, it was NXT. A it was a tease. All three of those sound enticing to me. Agreed. If Edge faces Drew McIntyre and Drew McIntyre goes over Edge, Drew McIntyre is the most made guy that they've made in a long fucking time on WWE television. No, I can't. I I would be hard pressed to disagree with that. Brock Lesnar might be the one guy that. Before Drew, that you would you be might be able to say that they quote unquote made as a star, but they I, made they made him a long time ago though, right? And that was and that's been a while. Two thousand three, two thousand four. Then he went to the Vikings. Then he went to UFC, and then and, you know eventually came back home. Yeah, I guess if Edge is going to win the title, I guess that's that would be more of the bigger concern where. I just I'm not sure if I'm ready for another part-time world champion at this point. I love the Drew story. I like the way this is going. I but, would but I wouldn't mind seeing Edge and Roman, but I think Edge and Drew might be the way they end up going. Yeah, because I think they're going to go Daniel Bryan Roman, Roman Reigns, Reigns because that's a money match too and that would end WrestleMania, I think. That could be a headline match. But the other thing about Edge is that Edge is not necessarily a part-timer edge has been retired for a while and then he came back and then he got hurt with his tricep right or whatever tricep. yeah but we're not sick of edge no not yet it's not john cena like orton won a couple years ago and orton faced off against bray white and that was tired yeah, shit, man. yeah that was hard to watch that was terrible i mean that's such mainstream shitty booking you just want to forget about it. Yeah, I was going to say, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately I never will forget about it. But, yeah, it was pretty bad. No, I'll never forget about it either because they had maggots crawling on yeah. the floor and shit like that. <laughs> Cockroaches and shit. No, I, I guess we're just going to have to play the waiting game. But I personally, like I said, I wouldn't want to see Drew versus Edge because I think that's the story where this story I want to see Edge put going. Drew over and I think it'd be huge. You don't think an Edge would go over? Get, get a, like a, I don't know. The no, last time, I, I think he's one of the last Royal Rumble winners that won that didn't win the title at WrestleMania. 2010 yeah. was the last time that he won, and he faced Jericho, and he lost at uh, WrestleMania 26. I'm yeah, not, but I'm Del, just Del, Del Rio won the year after, though, when Edge beat him at WrestleMania. So Del Rio didn't win at WrestleMania either after he won... Royal Rumble, right? Yeah, because Edge went over, and then Edge had to retire. Retired the next and then, night, yeah. and then they they just exchanged Christian in for Edge's uh, whole storyline. That became the one more match. The one more line. match. Yeah. Um, anything else from the Men's Royal Rumble that you were into? I thought it was a spectacular, very fun, very fun match. It had the comedy that you were looking for, you know, if you're into the comedy part. I mean, if you're going to have an hour-long match with 30 guys, having Hurricane Helmsley come in. <laughs> Carlito was not, a, a not nice Hurricane surprise. Helmsley, Hurricane Helms, sorry. Uh, 
Carlito looked like a million fucking dollars. I was I'm surprised he's not signed immediately or, back to WWE at this point as a as a even a part time star. I mean, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. So Shit, he's motherfuckers even a bunch been, of, yeah, more than no. one just apple. I mean, good lord. Carlito's he looked awesome. It was a really fun match. Christian I, obviously coming back. That that was a nice my surprise. Dog, man. And I love Christian. Love Christian. Watching the edge, his face kind of like light up. We're like, oh, thank God, you know, I got some help coming in. And that this was late in the uh, the Royal Rumble. People talk about how the Royal Rumble has not a whole lot of new stories to tell. I completely disagree because what they did, they had Orton and Edge come out first, and then it was Orton and Edge at the very end because Orton, they telegraphed it, of course, because he was hurt, and now we're watching him just RKO a bunch of motherfuckers. <laughs> but... When Orton came up, when Orton popped up, they had it directed perfectly. Orton popped up right behind Edge and came up for the RKO. Edge kind of no-sold an RKO, which you don't see very often. And then Edge ended up going over. I'm not the biggest Edge guy. I was a big Edge and Christian guy. Edge's, I, I've always said that Edge's single singles run kind of passed me by. That was when I wasn't really watching wrestling. Uh, 05 to 02. 05 to 10 or whatever. I think that's I think that's a good booking decision and I think it's a good booking decision because the Raw segment with McIntyre and the NXT segment with Balor and Dunn especially were both good segments. Like this is a good use of a guy that wins the Royal Rumble. Let yeah. this guy go in and he put over Finn Balor, which we'll get to later, but and well, I mean, if if it happens, I would expect that Finn Bauer should probably win that Edge Finn Bauer match. Probably not going to happen, but if it does, that would be you know a nice. I'm goal. just I'm just saying he put him over in the segment. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Where especially when he was like you know WWE, where the E stands for entertainment. That's you know exclusive for this Raw side of the fence. He's like the second W is what like, matters here. here, and that's where you know immediately that's you know the Smarks probably just you know wet the pants and, and the whole nine yards just because he yeah. said the and one his thing wife is the color commentator. commentator there. So I mean, yeah, you know he watches it. He he definitely should be putting it over. So that was cool to see. I like the fact that uh, him and Drew McIntyre kind of had a little uh, a nice little. Not spirited debate, but just you know some tension there. So you it was know, just not. Ca- it also was not a face promo by Edge. Edge no. was like, "What the fuck's wrong with you, yeah, Drew? You, you need to be you on need to be high tougher. alert from this point on because I can take this title from you if I choose to. Other people are gunning for you. You might not know about it. And the next thing you know, Sheamus kicks off Drew McIntyre's head. So obviously, that's probably going to be the the setup match to Drew versus. Edge, but we'll see what happens. Like I said, I didn't have a huge problem with Edge winning. It's for me, the men's side was more like guys we didn't see versus guys we did see. You know, Keith Lee was one of the big omissions that I was kind of looking forward to seeing. Maybe that's a, a COVID. No Wyatt. Um, no Bray Wyatt. No Fiend or, or Bray Wyatt slash Fiend. I thought that that would happen early to kind of get Randy Orton out of the way, but you know, they just put Randy aside and then brought. Randy Orton back at the end, which I wasn't a huge fan of, but it all kind of worked itself out at the end. Uh, from there, I mean... We also need to talk about... I know that we've talked about Edge a lot, but we need to talk about Edge's performance during the Royal Rumble because it's an hour-long match. 
and he wasn't an older guy that decided to sit out and like take take a breather on the outside while nope. other guys were fighting. Nope. <laughs> Edge, he you took, came in. He Edge took all covers. I mean, we're watching. Uh, it's on the TV right now. I mean, we're at number number seven right now, and Edge has been in there hanging off the ropes the entire <laughs> time. He really put in an incredible performance. Um. That, Good on him, man. That plus the fact that uh, Daniel Bryan, I thought, towards the end, him and Riddle, I thought, kind of stole the the Royal Rumble towards the end because they had a nice little technical five, ten-minute little sparring match between each other where it kind of made Matt Riddle look like he wasn't the comedy figure that they're trying to make him be. This was the Matt Riddle that I saw in NXT. This is the Matt Riddle it's that Matt I saw. It's the Matt Riddle we want. Well, this is the Matt Riddle I want. Now, what... You know, other no, people. I was saying we like, like. <laughs> I, I, guess, I. I guess it's. I mean, I guess if it's the Matt Early you want, no, like, you good. can have him. Yeah, this is the Matt Early I want. I'll just say this. This is the Matt Real that I want, number one, and number two. It felt like Daniel Bryan had a bunch of like dream matches towards the end of guys that he wanted to work with and may not get a chance to work with. It, you know. He, Daniel Bryan is getting a little long in the tooth. He might retire at some point, hopefully later versus sooner. But, you know, that was a nice little spot there where Daniel Bryan and Matt Riddle, I thought, kind of stole the, the end of the show before Edge won the uh, the Rumble itself. Now, there were a couple other matches. This was a great card. And I think as far as WWE pay-per-views go, this is about as good as you're going to get. because Very few complaints on my end. The Royal Rumble sells itself. I was happy with both both the booking decisions. Super happy with uh, Bianca versus Rhea ending it, and pretty happy with Edge winning it. You know that it could have been worse. No, it could have been all, way worse. Often has been worse. Yeah, I was going to say Edge is the least of my worries at that point. But we also had my favorite Goldberg match of all time because Goldberg lost. And Goldberg lost to Drew McIntyre, and he put Drew McIntyre over big. Now, on the on the Lost podcast, I said it was a squash. You argued back with me. You said it wasn't a squash. I will take that. I will say that it wasn't a squash. If there was an action before the ring, before the bell rang, and it was just at 2.31. I watched it again, sitting out on my porch, though, waiting for you to get here. Because I didn't want a black man to have to sit in front of my <laughs> sit in front of my house for too I, long. I appreciate that. in this neighborhood because you could have gotten start you could have gotten weird. the cops called on you. But I was waiting for you out there, you know, as the ally that I am. And I appreciate that. <laughs> no, but, uh, I'm with him. No, really, I know him. Stop hitting me. It's fifty-seven oh one. But I rewatched it because it wasn't very long. No, and. Uh, Goldberg put Drew over big, held his arm up, you know, all the good shit. So Drew has, in the last 10 months, gone over Brock at WrestleMania, like I said before, Orton at SummerSlam. Um, He went over Orton three times. Orton beat him once, and then he won it right back. And had a banger match against Roman Reigns. Yes. And then he went over Goldberg at Royal Rumble. So... When everybody says, "Oh, we got new Rollins. stars," oh, we got new stars. Oh, you got new stars. Oh, they got to make new stars. They're not making new stars. They have made Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre is an all timer now, 
They have made him look as strong as possible. Yeah, I was going to say, a year ago, if you'd have told me all this would have happened, I'd have looked at you crazy. Like, there's no way in hell. Also, I'll say, and I was the only one on BFR that picked Drew McIntyre. But I will say this, though. I It never it never even occurred to me that Goldberg was going to go over. I really – I thought it was impossible. And maybe that's naive on my point. On my part, it probably is naive. But I end up being right. Yeah, that's ultimately so it, it makes you look like you the smartest. You don't get credit guy. for shit you're supposed to do. <laughs> you, you don't, don't get you credit don't. for shit you're supposed to you do. Don't, you I don't. take care of my kids. You're supposed to take care of your kids. <laughs> oh, Chris Rock. God bless that dude. But uh, I, I was happy with it. No, it just we've just seen the Goldberg scene before. Where you know he ain't got no shit business beating the fiend, Kevin Owens, uh, or the Kevin title. Owens, that Kevin Owens one still hurts. On the way to WrestleMania. It's like you said, you know, you gotta have somebody that's gonna be able to hold the top portion portion of the card. And I get it. Goldberg is still a draw. Whether you like it or not, the common casual fan knows who Goldberg is. And if you're trying to get their fifty bucks, you know, they're $9.99 per month. You're going to throw Goldberg out there. This felt like one of those times where you could have thrown Goldberg out there, had him face the winner of the Royal Rumble, and then, you know, you got one half of your uh, world title matches, especially with this year when it's going to be two nights of WrestleMania again. You figured the title matches are probably going to be going on last. I wouldn't be surprised if night one ended with Sasha versus Bianca Belair. I wouldn't be surprised either. Because... Like we said, that's a money match. I love the idea of Goldberg not being on WrestleMania. It, it, <laughs> I, I, no, it's it's a nice – that, to me, was the good faith gesture. Okay, we are not going to be fucking around with you guys tonight. Here is our good faith. Goldberg loses. Okay, because that's what's supposed to happen. Okay, you know, Goldberg ain't supposed to come I, off the side of the milk carton and beat one of your strongest champions you've made listen, in, the, in the last half decade. I listen to this wrestling podcast. I, I won't call them out because I don't think they're as good as us, and I think they actually ripped something off of us. They're way bigger than us. Way bigger than us. And they're ne- – never mind. I'm, I'm, not, pretty, go there. I'm pretty sure they've heard us, and I'm pretty sure they ripped something off. Really? Yeah, I'm not okay, going to – no, no, no. I'm not going to announce them. No, you bet not. But – one of the guys on that podcast said that he is glad that Goldberg got this run later on in his career because Goldberg seems to get blamed for a lot of the shit that was wrong with WCW back in, back in the day. And, brother, I can't disagree with that <laughs> more. Like, when you think about the talent that WCW had and all the effort, and that Goldberg is really the one that gets remembered the most from those days, and he was the one, he wasn't doing shit. He was coming in spearing dudes. Yeah, it it was 100 basic squash matches all the way up to the the Hulk Hogan. Basically, I I don't think there's anybody more overrated than Goldberg. I'm not going to get, I'm not going to argue with that. I know that he draws eyes. And I, I like, but a spear is a spear is a spear is a spear is a spear, man. It's just a fucking spear. It's the fucking, I, you know what? Those who sell it, I'll give you that much. But I mean, damn, you know, how many different ways can you do the spear? You know, I'll, I'll say that Drew McIntyre is a hundred times 
the pro wrestler that Goldberg is, though. Oh yeah, that that that's not that goes without saying. All right, let's move on to another one. We'll go to Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler versus Charlotte and Oscar. Uh, Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler go over. Talking about people that are, I, I don't know why you're laughing. I, I'm just gonna say that Nia Jax makes that leg drop Jesus Christ. look like it's got the degree of difficulty as a red arrow. Th- that poor pack. girl. That poor girl. I, that poor girl. She sucks. She sucks. I'm not disagreeing. Shayna Baszler. Sh- man, the shit that they could do with Shayna Baszler versus the rest of the the women in. They are so loaded with women talent. So loaded. Like, you know, people can say, oh, AEW women's division gets ran down a lot because it's not very good. It's nowhere near as good as WWE. WWE has the superior talent. There's no question about that. Let's just let's put that close. on. Yeah, let's put that on the table. And even when people talk about impact and like, well, you know I'm a huge impact guy, but I'd still say that WWE would still have the better talent if you could if you they line had, them up top to bottom it's gonna be hard to if you to name the, the top, top 10 women's wrestlers in the world there would be one in the top 10 that's not in wwe stardom aside it would be hard for me not to say that there wouldn't be a, you watch a, a lot sh- more wrestling than i do no, but i'm just saying if you're going to do that then you I would put Stardom in there, and it would kind of take away from the WWE women. If you leave Stardom out, then, yes, you would really have a hard time. I don't want to focus on the bad, which is Nia Jax and her leg drop, which is just (laughs) fucking. Brutal. Just terrible, man. It's just like she almost just kind of fell. I do want to focus on um, Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns, which was a – uh, I'm on record as saying that uh, last man standing matches are not my favorite gimmick matches. This was good. That match fucking ruled. All the way up into the handcuff spot, you you had a, the match of the night going. That was the that was that was that was a blip. It did suck that Heyman could not get the handcuffs off and they had to kind of work around it. <laughs> Got to work around it. Stop counting. <laughs> Well, I mean, how how often do referees count? Oh, right. <laughs> Carlito just did a fucking kip up. Carlito looks like a dude. Million that's what I'm saying. Dollars. Yeah, I'm really surprised he's not. Well, he was and on they, Raw Monday he night. Gets eliminated by Elias. That's probably why you you won't see him. Well, you know, forward. Jason loves making new stars. So hey. Jason loves Elias getting rid of Carlito. I'll say this though: Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns was a very, very. Very entertaining match that I've watched more than once already. I love the Swanton. I love KO getting ran over with the golf, golf cart, cart or whatever. Yeah, I mean, AEW lost their minds on that. No, it was like great I said, match. there was nothing wrong with that match up until you couldn't get the handcuffs off and it kind of took some of the, the air out of the balloon, so to speak. Outside of that, like I said, from you had the match of the night going up to that spot. From there, it kind of is what it is. It sucks the fact that you couldn't get the handcuffs off, but it, it really didn't take away from the match all that much. It kind of sucked, but like I said, at the end of the day, you still had a solid match. It probably could have been the match of the night outside of that bad spot with the handcuffs. Carmella, Sasha Banks, also a good match? Also a good match. I think this is probably the spot they had that bad boy in was a really good spot because it was just after Goldberg and, and – uh, 
Drew McIntyre, so you actually had a a legit quote unquote match to go with it. Carmelo looked good, but I just like I said before, I just thought that Carmelo coming right after Sasha winning was just a bad spot for her. She kind of gets herself over a little bit in this feud, but I'll be kind of concerned with her moving forward because now with Sasha being the champion and probably going to be the champion for a while, what's up with Carmella? Where does she go from here? Uh, And the last thing that I'll say about the Royal Rumble is that um, we drew numbers before the night. Uh, I had one in 28. It was said that Randy Orton was going to be run one and Edge was going to be two. Edge came out one, <laughs> which means your boy won two hundred dollars. Okay, she is. I say fuck Randy Orton. I ain't wait for this shit. No, it, it it works. And at the end of the day, did like you I pay said, me? Yeah, I was gonna say pay me again. Pay you again? Pay me. Damn, no, man. I don't I'm, think you paid me. No, I paid you, give motherfucker. Me the, give me the money. <laughs> Calm down, Stewie. I was about to say, I'll pay you when we're done. So what kind of grade would you give this? I said it'd be last time. I'm sticking to it. it, it this was a, Yeah, but the people didn't hear last time. So do you want to amend it? No. B. A solid B. There was I'll v- give it a solid A minus. There was like, well, there was very I'll, no, I'll give it a solid A. That's that's as good as you're gonna get from a WWE paper. It was as good as it was gonna get. There was very few things that I didn't like about it, and that's rare, especially when you have a four hour WWE show. Bad Bunny is probably one of the things that kind of sticks out or whatever. And for me, it's just because I just don't know who Bad Bunny is. I don't get it. So no, I don't. I don't. But I get where they're going with it. They're trying to bring in. We're old. Yeah, we're getting old. So Bad Bunny, you know, is for the generation behind us. And God bless you for it. I get it. It's just not for me. Outside of that, I mean, this was a solid ass show, and I have real low expectations coming in for this Joker. Nice. Let's get to that two count. One. All right, the two count is AEW Dynamite last night, uh, which, or not last night, but two nights ago, which had a huge ending (laughs) where it was Moxley and uh, Death Triangle, well, Phoenix and Pac, against the Good Brothers and KO. Uh, Good Brothers and KO. KO. Different KO. Well, Kenny Omega. Omega. (laughs) I'm like, KO, wait, what? I know AEW's getting everybody, but damn. <laughs> but Kenta comes in at the end. Hideo Tommy. He was Hideo Tommy in NXT. You know, put some respect on that man's name. You know, I just ruined my own joke yeah, because right. I want to say that it's a big deal when a uh, old WWE player comes into AEW. But it is at that. It is Kenta from New Japan. And he comes in and he attacks Moxley. So what was your reaction to uh, Kenta's appearance on AEW Dynamite? You, if you said you saw this coming, you're lying. Uh, that's that's just the bottom line. Obviously, on Friday last, Kenta was attacked by John Moxley on New Japan Strong, basically setting up their match for the U.S. title later on in February. I think it's the 26th. Sounds right. Um, that said, I know that you, you're you going to see Impact guys bouncing over from AEW, Impact, so on and so forth. But this was the forbidden fruit we had talked about when Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho met a couple years ago at Wrestle Kingdom. 
could this happen, would this happen, that forbidden fruit, as far as I'm concerned, has been bitten and bitten very well. New Japan is a part of this, I guess, partnership loosely at the moment, but I figure slowly but surely they're going to be that third uh, promotion in this partnership or whatever the case may be. Kenta coming out was a huge surprise. I I couldn't even say anything. I was literally stunned because it was something that you wanted to see happen, but you didn't think was going to happen. And all of a sudden, here's Kenta wrecking havoc and leaving. It was it was beautiful. You couldn't I couldn't ask for anything more. It's hard to uh, really explain. It's hard to really quantify how big of a moment this was because obviously we're big New Japan heads over here on BFR. Uh, We love Kenta. We love New Japan, obviously. Kenta coming in can be a few things. It can be just a one-off where... You know, Moxley comes in on New Japan Strong, so Kenta comes in on AEW. But what it signifies most importantly is that these two promotions have a working relationship where they're not, it's not WWE and AEW where they're trying as hard as they can to beat the other one. It's saying, you know what, we can have people, There, that was one segment that had, it was it was a dynamite show that had AEW, Impact, and or NWA, NWA, and NJPW all wrestling on the same program. I sound like my grandparents watching my program. <laughs> my, gra- my grandma and grandpa used to watch Amen all the time. That that, that was their program. The program. <laughs> Don't you be talking through my shows, <laughs> but. All four promotions were represented on that episode of television on TNT, and that cannot be understated. It just can't be. And I, I can try to play. I can try to be the uh, the downer on it, but it is exciting because if Kenta can show up, who else is going to show up? Could we see Kota Ibushi and Kenny Omega title versus title? Could you see? Now that is. Could you see Shingo jumping in and going after Lance Archer? You know, that's to me was, like you said, that Kenta showing up just opens up the possibilities for so much more. Could you see your boy, Naito? On AEW. <laughs> I know that you'd yeah, be yeah, very that, excited for that. I was going to say, that would be absolutely amazing. Just watch him come in and just poo-poo Kenny Omega while he's trying to go put himself over. It, like I said, to me, there's so many possibilities with that. Kenta is the first door to open up to where you can really start to see what could possibly happen. The match itself was good. Phoenix diving through the um, – the ropes literally going into the the stands again. That motherfucker just has no plain sense whatsoever. God bless him. He's exciting to watch, but damn, he's good. It's one of those times where I'm glad there's not fans there because those jokers would get hurt. But like I said, to me, the most important thing was Kenta showing up, showing out, putting Moxley down, and now you would have the tag team match next week with Kenta and Kenny Omega versus Mox and, oh, shit, who is the other guy? Lance Archer. Lance so that, Archer. That should be... 
off the fucking chain. And Lance Archer is a guy that came out. Those were later three on. guys. Those were three guys that were in last year's G one. Right. And that to me, it it's not going to happen this year because I'm going on the assumption that things are going to move slowly, so you just can't jump to Japan and come back without having some quarantine issues. A year from now, two years from now, if this thing still goes on the path we think it's going to go, G1s will be exciting. New Japan Cups will be exciting. You know, Battle of Super Juniors will be exciting. Anything tournament-wise, you can have so many more players coming into this, and it just makes the whole thing that much more better to watch. Competition makes people work harder. And I would hope that Vince is going to be looking around and be like, okay, this is going to be a time where we have to step our game up too. New Japan's coming into this mix, so now we got to bring our game up too. So now hopefully that is where we end up going, where everybody thrives and the wrestling fan gets the entertainment value from it all. That is what we've been hoping for. Um, AEW Dynamite started off with a tag match where the inner circle ends up going over. Uh, it was MJF and Jericho. Any thoughts about that? Several. Um, not a huge surprise when I saw it, especially when FTR was booted out of the match for cutting off Luchasaurus's horns, whatever. I mean, goddamn, heels can't be heels anymore and, and not suffer the consequences for it. For me, Santana Ortiz is, is the team that I think should have came out of this, is the team that I wanted to come out of this. But for the long-term Long-term storytelling. I get the MJF Jericho winning this match. Ultimately, fingers crossed, this is where MJF takes over the inner circle like I've been predicting for a few weeks now. But like I said, to me, I just have a hard time accepting the fact that two single guys win a tag team battle royal over the established team, the team that you brought into the inner circle to be the tag team of the faction. It's WWE shit, to be honest. It is WWE shit. Now, would they have a problem Seth with Rollins that? Rollins and Braun Strowman. Okay. It's Steve Austin and Triple H. They it's, had, it's they a, had the tag belts for a while, and, too. And I would have a problem. I had a problem with that, so I would be hypocritical if I didn't say I had a problem with this. Santana Ortiz should be that team. Jericho and MJF are that team that's going to challenge the Bucks. From there, if they beat the Bucks, and that's a whole nother story entirely. That's where I really will have a problem with it. But the match itself was fine. I just, like I said, I just didn't, I did not like the book. And Santana Ortiz deserved better. Uh, we had a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Kip Savior boy. <laughs> I mean, he's a man with words. <laughs> what do you want to say about this wedding? It was. It's the classic, you know. Mosh pit of bullshit. Um, weddings and contract signs are basically, uh, it's going to be a shit show. It's just how bad of the shit show you're going to get. Uh, I fell for the the big box that Miro attacked. I thought that's where Orange Cassidy was. Obviously, he was in the cake from there. It was basically to set up Charles Taylor breaking away from Miro and company. And now, obviously, you'll probably get the tag team match coming up with Miro and Kip Sabian versus uh, Chucky T. I and think you're, I think you're being too nice. It was bad. No, it was bad. There's no question about it. That and the Shaq um, segments were the two, for me, the two lowest points of AEW. They're both very reminiscent of what I don't like about WWE and what I try to get away from WWE from. And now, unfortunately for this week, these are the two things that, 
I felt were the low points of AEW Dynamite. Um, they're not really doing with Miro what I hope that they would be doing with Miro at this point in his in in in, in his AEW run. Like it's been shitty. I'll say this. Just say, I'm it's gonna, been, say it's been shitty. It, it's been a. I'm not going to say it's been shitty. It's say, been disappointing. Just, just say it's, it's been, been shitty. disappointing. Say just for, just say we don't it's know shitty. that say if this shitty. is going to just be if, if this is Miro's say it sucks. If this is Miro's way of getting over creatively, I'm not a fan of it. I like what they do with him in ring. They make him the monster that he is. Creatively, I'm not a fan of where they're going with it. I don't get this whole video game gamer shit. Not for me. That's where I'm the old man. Get off my lawn type shit. That's not for me. In ring, he's perfect. Pretty old. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Paige and Hardy as a tag team against Chaos. I'm not. I'm not sure what they're doing with that either. Um, teasing. I guess Hangman possibly joining the the big money uh, Matt Hardy faction. I don't. I don't see that happening. But I mean, it's it's something for Paige to do until we can start to figure out where he fits in. Jumping back into the title picture against Kenny Omega. Oh, it's we. I'm thinking that's where it goes right now. We're just kind of spinning the wheels or whatever. But I do like the fact that Matt Hardy is a established heel versus, you know, is he a face? Is he a heel? This is a heel, Matt Hardy. I'm digging big money, Matt. You know, my favorite thing about this episode of. AEW was there was no Dark Order. <laughs> there was Dark Order was in the uh, the first match or whatever. Two Dark Order teams were in the first match. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, but they lost. <sighs> Jesus Christ, that was very little Dark Order. Uh, <laughs> we had Lance Archer versus Eddie Kingston in a lumberjack match. Kingston to me is must see TV. Even if when he talks, I gotta listen. When he's in the ring, I gotta watch. He was. Laying the wows to Lance Archer's chest. I mean, Eddie Kingston's chops are just not to be toyed with. I mean, he lays the lumber on motherfuckers. The lumberjack stipulation is what it is. You kind of, I wish they would have gotten a uh, a feud coming out of that because you got so many guys out there. You could have spun off a feud or two out of that. Besides that, I thought the match was good. I wish, like I said, you could have got a little few coming off of that jake roberts with the short arm clothesline was nice to see you know good to see that an old man can still kick a little ass from time to time but at the end of the day once again this is more where lance archer is going what's up with him versus the match itself the match itself was good though thunder rosa versus Britt baker dmd uh good match clever finish uh, I like Thunder Rosa a lot. Uh, you know, I don't really like the the face paint, but I mean that's just <laughs> that's just personally. Yeah, that's I just, was going to say, don't say Darby Allen just yet. Um, we're not gonna. I mean, we don't. Do you want to talk about Darby Allen Sting's segment? It it is what it is. I'm I'm at the point now where I'm just ready to see this street fight. You know, if Team Taz can't take advantage of the numbers game, which most heel factions somehow seemingly do. Then I'm at the point now. We, we I'm just ready to see this match. How long is Sting gonna be in? Will Sting take bumps? How many bumps does he is take? Is he gonna do the Stinger Splash? Yeah, shit like that. that. Oh, is he gonna do the Stinger Splash? I mean, what a killer move! <laughs> Fuck Sting. <laughs> Fuck Sting. Wow. Come yeah. On. I mean, I'm sorry. Fuck Sting. 
Are we really, are we pro Sting? I'm not pro Sting, but I mean, damn, you know, the, the man is an icon for Christ's sake. I mean, that's what they're calling him. I mean, show a little respect. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the Sting-Darby Allen thing is is starting to get a little overplayed. I'm ready for the match itself. It, Sting is cool, but I just don't want to see, I don't want to see a lot of Sting moving forward. What I'm seeing right now is fine. It's just enough where I'm not being bothered by his I'm presence. glad Zach's not here, so I don't have to be nice about saying that. <laughs> I'm worried about hurt Zach's feelings. I say, he's a big boy. He'll be the good right. thing about Zach is that he never listens to the podcast, so he won't know what, whether we're making fun of him or not. Uh, FTR had Marco stunt gagged. I mean, I guess that's pretty okay. It is what it is. Whatever. Uh, okay. Anything else you want to talk about with AEW? Um... No, just outside the fact that Kenta's back and New Japan might be really ready to make this thing very interesting on Wednesday nights. NXT might have some serious problems moving ahead. Nah, that's a perfect segue to our three count. One, two, three. Uh, the three count's going to be NXT Wednesday night. So let's just – there were two big things that happened on NXT that – Particularly for this show, uh, one of them particularly for this show. Mm-hmm. That that being Kurt Stallion versus Santo at Santos Escobar for the cruiserweight title. Kurt Stallion, friend of the show, he's been in this basement where we're sitting right now. He has chopped me, uh, open handed, knife edge. Great dude, we love him to death. Uh, they are they're apparently we talked about last week. About how we're surprised that they let him keep his name. Mm-hmm. I'm still surprised. I'm 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 waiting stunned. for I'm yeah. waiting for them to change it. Yeah, to he'll be, be stallion in like a month or so. Uh he sold a lot during this match. It was a ten minute match. He also got a hope spot that was really good. He had a Topa su- Tope Suicida that looked off incre- the chain. Incredible. Went <laughs> under the uh the middle and the lower row, which yeah. is feel, feels like it would be harder. Um he got himself over, and ultimately that's where I think with Kurt Stallion, that's what you need to look at. If this, if you didn't have Kyrian Cross kind of hanging over Santos Escobar, then maybe I would have been able to see the title change hands. But even then, I don't necessarily think that the title changing hands wouldn't stop a Kyrian Cross santo Escobar few for whatever reason i guess you know santos escobar is talking shit so carrying cross is going to get pissed it's to me it takes away from the the match itself with kurt stallion charlotte scarlet being there was more so about her versus the match itself and i don't think you necessarily needed that 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 feud's going to be there this was a chance to kind of put the focus on kurt stallion's bias as it may be have him look good in the loss, and then maybe after the fact you could have brought Scarlet out and then have that feud kind of continue from that point. The match itself was good, and more importantly, Kurt Stallion got himself over. So when he does become Cruiserweight champion at a later date, it won't be like a Leon Ruff thing where it's like, who the fuck is, you know, Kurt Stallion? You know who Kurt Stallion is. We gave you a little taste, and we'll give him the title at some later point. Yeah, I'd say that them making – this big of a deal about him getting the match means that they are high on him. They don't give people's 
talking spots, talking segments or whatever in back-to-back weeks if they don't have some sort of plan. Yeah, they don't give them backstage promo spots unless they're serious about yeah, them. there's a plan. It's just right now, Karrion Cross is is the guy that's going to be dealing with Santos Escobar, which is fine. Maybe there'll be a scenario where they run it back and Kurt Stallion wins it off of uh, Santos Escobar, which is which should be the way because right now they built up Escobar as a – a dominant champion over 200 days. So whoever beats him should get this rub. Pretty, it should be Kurt Stallion. Pretty excited for our boy, and uh, good things should happen to good people. He's a good dude, and uh, he'll I hope be he, uh, I, nope, he'll be I'm, champion. I'm excited for him. I, I really am. Um, the other segment was Pete Dunn and Finn Balor had a segment, and then You Think You Know Me, happened and edge came down and edge stood in the ring with pete dunn and finn balor which jason always makes fun of whenever i say that standing in a ring with somebody like edge gives those guys some rub that's what it is that's what rub it's called rub it gives them some rub and it makes them look like a bigger deal than they were before edge came down so edge standing in a ring with pete dunn and Finn Balor, especially Pete Dunn. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Finn Balor is pretty much, he's, he's set. Made, he's made. He's Pete made. Dunn being in the ring with Edge. Now and makes shrugging my, his shoulders yeah. at him. <laughs> I'd have done the same thing, too, when I was your age, kid. Yeah, that's that little interaction was It cool. was a fun segment. And it made you think, what if? Okay, like we kind of talked about before, I don't think this is going to be the what if scenario, but it was cool to see what could be. What if you did have Finn versus Edge or Finn versus um, Pete Dunn or Edge versus Kieran Cross, which they teased at the end of the show. That was the that other was, thing I was going to bring that up. That to me was yes. like the one where I was like, ooh, yeah, okay, see, I like this. This could be a match that I can sink my teeth into. So, as much as I don't like the fact that Edge was on NXT for the ratings portion of it, they did it right to where you got enough intrigue to where now I don't feel like it was just, you know, worthless, shameless promotion. Like we said earlier, Edge is married to Beth Phoenix. Beth Phoenix is the color commentator on NXT. So you know that Edge watches it. You know that Edge loves wrestling. You know, he's he's like Stone Cold. Like, he never stops watching it. Stone Cold watches New Japan and shit. Like, Stone, yeah. Stone Cold's into it. You know that Edge is into NXT. He put over Finn Balor so hard in that segment. He looked at him. He goes, you're doing things that are special. That is, you know, for somebody, not, not like us, for, for more casual watchers, if you know who Edge is, and then you're watching this, and Edge says that to Finn Balor, then you're sitting there and you're thinking, oh, this Finn Balor guy must be the real deal. Yeah, you know? I, I want to start watching him moving forward. Because he's not in there doing it to Jinder Mahal. No. No offense to Jinder Mahal. <laughs> Whatever. A total offense to Jinder Mahal. Oh, Jesus Christ. Bomb. Bomb. B-U-M. Bomb. <sighs> sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Not sorry. Okay, well, I mean, I guess, it just look. proves that Jinder Mahal can get heat because as soon as you said his name, it was just like, boom, fuck that dude. <laughs> okay, 
that's Jason putting Jinder Mahal over. <laughs> uh, we're getting the Gargano Kushida match at uh, Takeover a week from Sunday. That's going to be off the chain. It's, um, I'm glad to see Kushida finally getting, starting to get a little bit of a a little getting, bit of a push. We're getting Pete Dunne, Finn Balor. That's going to be off the chain. The, literally, this is a takeover that reminds me of the takeovers that we've been watching and the takeovers that we enjoyed. You have the triple threat women's match. They got to give them time, but if they get if they do four or five matches, like I think they're probably going to do, you no, would you'd are, have the two dusty finals. You'd have the women's and men's um, title, title matches, matches, the North American title match. So yeah. that's your five matches. If you leave it like that, that's plenty. That's, you, you got two two and a half hours of banger ass matches. That's going to be a hell of a card. Yeah. This is the takeover that we've been waiting to see to come back. So, who do you think it's going to be in the Dusty Finals? So, if I'm not mistaken, you have you, you, have, have, you have Thatcher and, and Champa versus Grizzly Young Veterans, and then you have MSK versus um, was it Good Charles Party? The Heart Foundation? No. Yes, the Heart. No, no, no. Nat- Natural Disasters. <laughs> Did you hear me? Did you hear him answer me like seriously when I said the Heart Foundation? Listener, listener. Are you listening to this? Did you hear him say no? Like I said, Heart Foundation, like it's actually the Heart Foundation? No, it's it's coming out of the grave. It's it's MSK versus fuck. I thought it was Lucha House Party. Or is it Legado? It's Godot, it's Godot Del Fantasma. They beat Lucha House Party. So it's MSK right. and Godado on one side, and then Thatcher and Ciampa versus Grizzled Young Veterans. So on the we're other. probably getting MSK versus Grizzled Young Veterans, right? I want to say yeah, but the way they're pushing Ciampa and Thatcher right now, even though it is the oh, two they're, they're single a great guys. Tag team. They they do have good chemistry together. I just wish they had done this before they had the fight pit fight pit match. I'm not going to say that Grizzly Young Veterans goes over. I'll I'll go with MSK on one side. I think that's the slam dunk, and I'm going to stick to what my gut is telling me. And my gut is telling me that Thatcher and Champlain will win over Grizzly Young Veterans. Well, listen to your gut, bro. Um. Let's see. Is there anything else? Oh, they have the Japanese vignette which i thought was good all bullshit aside it, it didn't it was very well produced it didn't it, really sink in it that intri- it was a it vignette. intrigued me yeah i thought this was something totally non nxt related and then when i started to watch i was oh okay never mind this is nxt related and it reeled me in it was it, really at well least done it answered the the five w's of who what when where and why and answered the who who the fuck is this person right here? And now we know who she is, which was nice to see as well. That's a nice little nugget moving forward. Yeah, that is five W's. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought it was really well done. It, it it definitely intrigued me. Yeah, like, and I appreciate when they put a lot of thought into stuff, you know. And they they definitely put a lot of thought into that. It's a hard push for Zaylee and Boa. Like I said, they better not be losing anytime soon. Um, I think that's going to do it for our three counts. One, two, three. Uh, not a whole lot else to talk about. Uh, let's talk about uh, Shingo versus Tanahashi. 
Neverweight Open title match. Yep. Uh, longest Neverweight Open title match in history. We'll go over 35 minutes where Tanahashi, surprisingly, I shouldn't say surprisingly, uh, beats Shingo. And I've said it on a match with a list of matches for match of the year early 2021. This is on my list. I did not expect Tanahashi to win this match. I thought it would be a nice back and forth match where you got where you got Shingo to go over, but when I stopped to think about the at least the history of the Neverweight uh open title, guys don't hold it that long. I think the longest you know consecutive defenses is either 4 or 5 and Shingo has it. So that kind of was an indication of it it could happen. I just didn't think that it would happen. So kudos to Tanahashi. Once again, the the ace of New Japan pulls one out of his ass and beats Shingo, who I, I'm a firm believer that is going to be, you know, IWGP champion at some point. But yeah, this was this was a banger match. Like I said, it's on the list of I know that we match use, of the year candidates. I know we use this term a lot. We say banger match a lot. This was a banger match. This match was up. Banger, physical as as I thought it would Shingo be. Shingo is time. always super physical. Uh, Tanahashi always. New Japan just does something different than all the other ones, which is they tell all the storytelling is done in the ring. Yeah, and and, that, and this, this was a scenario where for me, what was Tanah- it? Twenty six minutes? No, it was like thirty five. Thirty five minutes. That's where that's why I was just like, man, this is a thirty minute match. It, it felt like it wasn't going to end anytime but soon. All the storytelling is done in the ring, and that is something that wrestling fans like us really appreciate. And that's what, if you decide to start watching New Japan Pro Wrestling, <laughs> which you should, which you should, just surrender yourself <laughs> to the matches, though, because the matches. The it's, matches tell the story. It's all about the matches. It's right. all about what happens in ring. They they can do the, the they always the backstage have, comments are good. It it leads you yes. to where things possibly go, but especially with Jay White. It's not necessary though. Like no. it's if you want to know everything about New Japan that you need to know, all you have to do is watch the matches. No. The backstage comments are are cherries on top of the cake. Like I said, I was also surprised that Tanahashi won. Fuck hey. But it does seem like Tanahashi will probably be a transitional, never open weight champion to Great Okan. I guess. I mean, I'm not saying I disagree with you. He's because, a young man. Yeah, but I mean, I wasn't overly impressed with him at Wrestle Kingdom. And I think Tanahashi's going to have his hands full, making him look like a a credible singles champion. Let's if it was somebody honest, else, I would probably be more on board. Let's be honest, though his his Wrestle Kingdom match wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It just it, it in wasn't, comparison to everything else around it, it sticks out as a low point. You also got to think though, like it was third on the card or whatever. Like it, you have to build up on a card. Like that's the way they. That's I'm not disagreeing they, with that. Right, I'm okay. not disagreeing with that. It's okay. just like I said, I, Great O'Con has work to do, and I'm not sure if giving him the Neverweight Open title now helps him moving forward. This is banned from ringside. All right, Jason. So it is 1.53 in the morning. That's it? That's it. <laughs> I feel like we've covered everything that we need to cover. Uh, on the podcast that we did last night that – 
that didn't get uploaded, you know, for reasons. Okay, man. You you want to just rub my face in the salt or you want to put some you know, lemon because, in there too? Because we fucked up. <laughs> uh, we talked about the NXT Philadelphia 2018 pay-per-view last night. So we're not going to talk about it tonight because Zach needs to be here. But this is just a chance for all you people that are listening. When we do cover this, you guys are going to want to watch this because... This is the Gargano, uh, Andres, Andrade C. and Almas match. The Adam Cole, <laughs> Aleister Black, uh, Extreme Rules, Rules match. match yeah. The Ember Moon, Shayna Baszler match. Authors of Pain versus Undisputed Era. And then there's Velveteen Dream uh, with Cash Zono, which is filler. <laughs> it is what it is. But the rest of it. Yeah is off the chain. So if you guys want to watch that, we're going to be talking about that in the very near future. Um, we have some birthdays to get to this week. Chris Saban is 39, younger than me. <laughs> he does not look younger than you. <laughs> Damian Priest is 39, younger than me. Okay, man. What? Is this everybody's younger than fucking Bill segment? What the fuck? Connor is 41, younger than me. Say that again? Younger than me. <laughs> Big Show is 49, younger than Jason. Uh, <laughs> He's older than me, man. He's classy older. Freddy Blassie is 103, same age as Jason. And dead as Jim Neidhart is 65, younger than Jason. Sensational Sherry would have been 63, RIP, RIP. Uh, younger than Jason. And Jesus. Taiji Ichimori is 38 this week. Rabbit fever, middle of the night. Hey, everybody. <laughs> we appreciate you guys listening to our podcast. We know hey, there's ma'am. tons of podcasts to listen to out there, so we appreciate you listening to ours. Speak on it. For FME Eatery. Check. For Bill's Beer Company. Check. For Vice. Check. For Lucha Chris. Check. For Murray the Murray Man Murray. Check. For Two Beers Act Woman. He had tons to say about the Royal Rumble this week. Yeah, that's me. For Jason Cornelius Bell. I'm an idiot. I am Bill Vagy. Everybody, Black Lives Matter. Check. Support your local restaurants. Check. Support your local weed dealer. Check. Boo check. the heels. Boo.